This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's you, Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan, another edition of Curd and Long. Ryan Horvath of BetMGM tonight is off this week. He is on vacation. My apologies for uh, not getting a podcast out on Monday, kid's birthday. We were off doing things, and then he ended up getting sick, and, you know, one thing after another, so wasn't able to get to it. But uh, we are back uh, in style and ready to roll again here uh, today, Wednesday, as we record this uh, thing at about 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, I want to talk about some of the stuff uh, coming out of the NFL Combine uh, and some of the stuff coming up from Brian Gutenkunst. And I really want to focus uh, this first segment, at least, on David Bakhtiari uh, and where we're at with David Bakhtiari kind of uh, going forward. So the first thing that we, we need to know uh, is kind of salary cap numbers, right? Which most of us know by this point, I would think. Uh, $40 million, I'm not going to read the exact numbers, but $40 million uh, for 2024 until they release them or, or they trade them. Now, teams have uh, until, what is it, March 13th, I think it is, to get on their salary cap. Now, if they cut Bakhtiari, they do that, they would clear up $21.5 mil. Right? So that's that's good money. That's like $19 million in savings, whatever. Packers will still have to count around $20 million in dead money uh, on their cap after they release or trade Bakhtiari. Now, they also, according to Rob Domowski, ESPN Theory, the Packers could wait until Bakhtiari completes his recovery, uh, and then it wouldn't cost them any cash because Bakhtiari has no offseason roster bonus and his salary is not guaranteed uh, going forward. Uh, Gunnikun said they haven't made an official move with Bakhtiari now because they don't have to. Yeah, quote, different things can happen in the world, so you don't have to make decisions before you have to. So we'll kind of get through. I think we have a few weeks here before free agency starts, another league year starts, and we'll get through that and go from there. Now, when Bakhtiari last spoke to reporters back in October, 
Uh, they talked to Bakhtiari about you know maybe doing a, a team-friendly deal or something to come back. Back then, Bakhtiari said in the Rob Domowski piece, we'll talk about it when we get there. I don't rule anything off the table on both ends. Um, and then as far as retirement goes, back then in October, Bakhtiari said, when I want to look back, uh, do I want to look at the guy who got injured and was like, ah, that's good enough? If that's not me, then the future older me is going to be pissed at the younger me like you effing quitter. Fair point. This is where I'm at. Uh, I'm Bakhtiari. I I think we all agree that his time in Green Bay more than likely is up. That's what it seems like to me. Now, you know, does he play for the Jets? Does he go play somewhere else? Who knows? Don't know. I I will say this. I enjoyed... Uh, tremendously talking to David Bakhtiari on the Wendy's Big Show with Gary and Leroy um, for the couple of years that we were able to talk to him. I was always fun talking to him. Good sense of humor. Always got along with him. Um, obviously, all pro left tackle. One of the better left tackles to play, you know, for the Green Bay Packers over the course of time. And, you know, he wrecks his knee and a couple of years ago, and now we've never been the same since. Uh, and that's not his fault. The body only does what the body does as far as, you know, how it reacts to surgery, or how it reacts to medicine and movement and so forth. It's completely out of his control. This isn't something where, ah, oh, yeah, he's being lazy. That's why he can't get back. That's not, that is, no, absolutely not. That 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 is not what's happening here. Dude's trying to get back. Dude's trying to play football and it's just not working. So maybe he does get back now and he and he can get back to playing at a high level. The problem is the Packers didn't have David Bakhtiari last year and they had Rashid Walker playing left tackle. And at times, he was awful. And at times, specifically in the second half of the year, he looked pretty good. And he was he made some progress. And Brian Gutekunst was asked about that, that offensive line uh, and pretty much said that they're going to continue to add pieces. That competition is good. Uh, and while Rasheed Walker played well and so forth, it doesn't mean that they're just not going to bring in more competition for that point. That has been a narrative from the general manager and the head coach on the Green Bay Packer football team uh, pretty much the whole offseason, which is we want competition at all spots. Nobody's guaranteed anything. We're going to bring in competition and you know may the best man win uh, at the end of the day. So when you start talking about you know free agency, they're not signing a left tackle in free agency. I, I would be utterly shocked if they signed a left tackle in free agency. So I don't think that's happening. But the question is, you know, when you start talking about guys to draft, there's a bunch of dudes that are right tackles, right? Uh, there's a couple of left tackles. And maybe there are some right tackles that people think can play left tackle. But will there be a priority of playing that guy that you drafted 25 if it is an offensive lineman right away because he's a first-round pick? Or are you fine sitting back and seeing what Rasheed Walker and Zach Tom do at the tackle positions uh, and then seeing where that person fits and giving them some time to understand what he needs to do and so forth? That will be interesting if they go that offensive lineman route early. Now, if they go the offensive lineman route like they have in the past where it's third, fourth round, and these guys end up being studs later – then there's no pressure at all to play these guys, and you can just try out the guys that you had last year outside of maybe Runyon if you decide not to bring him back as he's a free agent. But the rest of them can all go right back out there uh, and regain their position and their spots. The one thing I don't want to have happen uh, in this deal with Bakhtiari, and I feel like 
there are some Packer fans that have just been complete and utter jerks uh, to Bakhtiari through this process. And I'm not quite sure what or why that occurred. You know, what happened? Well, why, why all of a sudden did people start turning on Bakhtiari in this process? That, that's something I don't get. I, I don't understand. Uh, the only way it would make sense is if there was some type of evidence of him not wanting to play, some type of evidence of him not rehabbing, um, some type of evidence of you know him you know backstabbing or talking behind the players or coaches back. Okay, then fine. Then if any of those were occurring, I could see how the fans would get mad and pissed off at Bakhtiari and so forth. But to the best of my knowledge, none of that is the case. None of it. Dude works his tail end off trying to get back and play and trying to get out there even when he's not healthy. Go back to a couple years ago when Rodgers asked him to play at the end of the regular season in a meaningless football game against the Lions. He went out there, tried it, and then got hurt again. So that, to me, makes no sense. But what I don't want to have happen is I don't want this to be a horrible parting of the ways between Bakhtiari and the organization. I don't want there to be bad blood. I don't want there to be a bunch of negative and angry emotions going on between the two sides. None of that. So however this is going to play, from from my perspective, right, as a fan, I want Brian Gunnikunz to be on the up and up. And he says they've been talking. So I want him to be on the up and up with Bakhtiari and his team as far as what their deal is, the direction they're going, so forth, um, and make sure everybody is good. Because maybe Bakhtiari does retire. Maybe he can't get back again this year, and he says, to hell with it, I'm done. I quit or whatever, but I'm just I'm done doing all this nonsense for the last three or four years. And if that happens, fine. I just I don't want more negative vibes when we get to a breakup. Now, credit to Aaron Rodgers and the fact of when that whole thing went down and he finally got his wish and got to the Jets and so forth, and he's doing all these hits on Pat McAfee, he, he once it was done and all of that, Pretty much just said, I, I I got no bad vibes, nothing like that. Like, they wanted to go with Jordan Love. They went with Jordan Love. Then he's texting Jordan Love throughout the year and talking to Jordan Love through the process. So never at any point did it become like Brett, where he was rooting against the Packers and wanted the Packers to fail and all that type of stuff. It never got to that point, and I don't want it to get to that point with David Bakhtiari either. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Not again. They're not going to trade him. I don't see anybody taking that. Uh, so it's going to be cut him or keep him. I think it's how this is going to go. My guess is they probably cut him um, and move forward to create more cap space. But as a fan, when you see, okay, they're saving money. Like they restructure Rashawn Gary's contract and they save $7 million or something in that area. Okay, it's great. So you restructure Rashawn Gary, we save money. Okay, perfect. Um, who are you going to spend it on? Because that, that's what happens, right? Because you look at this team, you go, you beat the Cowboys, you should have beat the Niners, you're right there on the doorstep of of having a chance to go to a Super Bowl in Jordan Love's first year, and all these young cats on offense, and now the expectation becomes what again? 
I think we're right back to Super Bowl or bust next year. And we're going to have that expectation for the next decade or so, as long as Jordan Love is the quarterback. And there was a, a, a report uh, from Spotrack, uh, who I, I follow and I like. Uh, they always put out their guesstimates of salaries of different players. Uh, and they put out a thing, I think it was uh, earlier today, Wednesday, uh, that they think uh, Jordan Love uh, will get something or like four years, $200 million. On top of the year that he has left. So that's $50 million a year. If you're going to do that, it is going to be Super Bowl or bust for sure. Because now you're paying him like a franchise quarterback. So if it's Super Bowl or bust, something they didn't do a ton of with Rodgers and they didn't do a ton of with Brett at the end was go get some help in free agency. Plug holes with vets to try and win now. The Ryan Horvath way of doing things, which he's always wanted them to do. Live in the present. Don't worry about the future as much. The Packers with Ted and, and Goody have always, yeah, we're cool at the present, but we really want to make sure the future is still good so we don't have any big dips or big lulls uh, in the process and so forth. You have five draft picks in the first two days of the draft. First three rounds. Five. Now, are all five of those players going to hit in their first year? Probably not. But let's say you get two players to hit and be starters in that first year. Well, that's great. I mean, that that is a huge deal. If you can upgrade two positions that start, and then can you have maybe a third or a fourth end up being contributors uh, somehow, some way. So let's say you draft a running back with one of those picks, and that guy you know, comes in and plays 10 or 12 snaps a game behind Aaron Jones, that's a win, especially if he's if he does his job. That, that to me, is a win. If you draft a starting corner and a starting safety, that's a win. So if I got a starting corner, starting safety, and a guy that rotates in with Jones, even though he's not a starter and running back, of those five players, three of them are playing at that level, and then maybe another one is an offensive lineman that's sitting on the bench behind the starters, uh, and then maybe another guy's an edge rusher, that's uh, you know at the end of a rotation, you know with Van Ness and Gary and Preston Smith and those guys. That that's a win. That's a win for Goody. But that does not solve all. You still want him to spend money in free agency. And as I've been preaching over and over again, spending money at the safety position makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. Maybe even spending money at the cornerback position. You know we we always talk about drafting a couple of corners in this draft. Uh, but maybe they don't draft a couple of corners. Because, again, remember, free agency comes before the draft. Maybe they go sign a veteran corner to play opposite of Jair Alexander. And they think Valentine can be that third corner. And then you have Stokes. Again, long shot, I think, from this point uh, going forward as far as how much he's going to be able to be on the field and playing at a high level. But if he returns to play at a high level, that's a huge uh, giddy-up uh, for that Packers defense for certain. So I think if you're going to restructure and you're going to cut Bakhtiari and you're going to do all this stuff to free up all this extra cap room, and part of it is for Jordan Love going forward and all that, I get that. But there's a part of you as a Packer fan that wants them to spend that money to help the team this year. Again, you don't have to sign five guys. You don't have to have three guys necessarily sign. But give me one or two guys that can start and have an impact on this team that are upgrades over what you had in last season's team. That would be beautiful. Maybe it's, because uh, I don't think Devondre Campbell's coming back, so maybe it's somebody to replace Devondre Campbell in the middle to play with Quay Walker. Maybe that's a maybe that's a sign. Uh, and then maybe a safety 
Uh, and that's a signing. And then, you know, you still have a rookie safety next to the vet, which to me is fine. Uh, and then you have a rookie cornerback opposite Jair Alexander. Again, I'm fine with that. There's still a vet on the other side, so it's not, you know, two rookie starting cornerbacks necessarily out there. Uh, and then you go forward. But if they redo all this restructuring and everything else, and they don't spend any money in free agency to upgrade this roster, we're going to have the same upset Packer fan base as always in free agency of what are you doing? Can we please try to win a Super Bowl? And Goody's point might very well be, ah, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're still young. We've got windows large, very large, with as young as we are on offense and quarterback. We're going to continue to stock draft picks and do what we do, and uh, we'll worry about free agency when we have to. And when you have to is when the quarterback's pissed uh, and is thinking about possibly leaving. That's what it took for Rodgers to get what he wanted, was to get to that point and put up MVP-type years and essentially go public with his displeasure towards the organization. You don't ever want Jordan Love to ever have to feel like he has to do that type of crap in order for you to support him in trying to win a championship. Avoid that. Learn from your mistakes with Rodgers, and to a degree, Brett, and go forward in a new direction. I'm not saying trade ones every year like the Rams did. No, no, no. I'm just saying if you have an opportunity to upgrade a couple of positions via free agency, you know, two, three-year deals, whatever, then go do it. And then go bring these guys in for a couple of years, uh, and then you can have that rookie or whoever may be behind them learning and then be ready to play in a couple of years when you move on from that player. So that that that's my thing. And this all goes back to Bakhtiari, how this whole thing started. So if you're going to cut Bakhtiari uh, and you're going to save that cap money and you restructured Gary and you're going to do other stuff to free up cap room, that's fine. I just want to see you spend the money. That's all I ask. Just if you're going to do this, spend the money. I want to go back to Brian Gooding's comments at the Combine again coming up in the next segment because he, he brought up, when he talked about offensive line, he talked about competition. Then they brought up wide receiver with him, and he brought up a similar argument. I want to talk about that in this draft and how this all plays together. Up next here on Curtin Long, download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast ad, or you can also check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, The Fan, another fine edition of Kurt and Long, Ryan Horvath, BetMGM tonight. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. He is off this week. Uh, he went home to see family, so he's on vacation this week as all those people over there at BetQL are taking their breaks now, their vacations now, so they're ready to go for March Madness and the tournament and all that fun stuff. Uh, so uh, Ryan will be back. I think he's back uh, next week. So looking forward to having Ryan uh, back on the podcast. Uh, NFL Combine obviously going on. GMs and so forth are talking. Matt LaFleur 
not there, did not go to the combine. Sean McVay did not go uh, as well as Kyle Shanahan did not go. So these new school coaches all thinking it's a waste of their time apparently to go to the combine. So uh, they stay back and do other stuff, which is fine. I mean, it sucks for the media because usually that is the time uh, when you get a chance to talk to the GM and the coach in the offseason where you know they talk to the media and then they go off on the side or in a hallway or whatever and then they talk with the local media separately uh, with more in-depth questions versus just random Joes from around the country asking you questions because uh, if you've not been to the combine and I've I've not been to it uh, in a few years but I've seen pictures of what it looks like now it's way different than it was when I used to go to it uh, but either way you know they have a podium you see who it is everybody stands around you know and yells their questions or whatever the case may be uh, at the person at the podium uh, for like 15 minutes or whatever the case is, 20 minutes, uh, and then that person walks off. Then usually it's the local media's turn uh, to get more in-depth questions if they have them uh, on the side away from the national media while the next person comes up to the podium. And they've got like four podiums all side by side by side. They're all slotted in on different times. Um, and then it looks like they have a big ballroom with a million tables uh, all spread out where everybody can do their work from a media perspective. And then they got food and stuff out there as well. So, Goody, Brian Gutenkunst, uh, talked about the offensive line and wanting competition when talking about Rasheed Walker uh, and so forth. But that also came up involving the wide receiver position because your wide receivers were so good, right? Does that pretty much take them out of you wanting to take a, a wide receiver possibly, you know, early in this draft because of the success you had at wide receiver? He pretty much said, uh, nay, nay. <laughs> no, don't be so fast. You know, if I feel like there's somebody there that can help that room and can make us better, I'm going to take them. Folks, I'm telling you right now, you have not taken a wide receiver the first round since Javon Walker. Javon Walker, a long time ago, Florida State's finest. So, Javon Walker, and now, you had Hall of Fame quarterback every year of those years, right, outside of last year when you had Jordan Love. And we don't know if he'll be a Hall of Fame or not, but Hall of Fame quarterback play every year. Between Tad and Goody, you didn't draft another one in the first round. Now, you've had tremendous success in the second round drafting wide receivers. Like They are the team to beat in the NFL, hitting on wide receiver success in the second round. They have made that a religion, kind of like they've made you know, drafting and producing Hall of Fame-type quarterbacks year-to-year in Green Bay. They've done a remarkable job. So I'm not saying that they don't draft a wide receiver while they're a bunch of idiots. But, folks, there's going to be one of the top receivers is going to be there. Now, I'm guessing it's Brian Thomas, the wide receiver from LSU. I'm guessing that's probably who is going to be the wide receiver there. Uh, and as we've talked about in other Curtin Long episodes, you know he's kind of like a uh, Christian Watson to a, a certain degree. Big speed guy, big physical type a wide receiver that is probably going to be sitting down there at 25. And I'm just, I'm, I'm calling up just a random uh, podcast here on ESPN. I think this might be Kuipers and I'm looking at this as a Kuipers. Let me double check and make sure I'm, I'm giving credit to whoever's podcast is. No, it's Matt Miller's. Sorry. So Matt Miller's podcast. And if you look at what he has, on the board, when the Packers pick at 25, he has him taking Darius Robinson, the edge from Missouri. Very possible. That could happen. Sure, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. 
because um, he has his best available. So again, if this goes in order of best available, probably won't. Um, so this is his best available board. But when you start getting down the list of his best available, Keon Coleman, the wide receiver of Florida State, is 29th. The comp is Drake London out of uh, Atlanta, right? So 29th best available, more than likely will be there at 25. Maybe he goes before that, but that's going to be tough to pass on, right? Mitchell, the wide receiver from Texas, six foot four, 196, comp George Pickens. He's ranked 30th. I've not seen a mock draft him go before the Packers pick. So he's probably going to be there uh, as well. Uh, kind of going forward in this thing. So those are probably definitely going to be there. The other one that I think is going to be there, um, and I'm trying to see where he has him ranked, like I said, uh, is the wide receiver out of LSU. And Maybe he has him ranked. There he is. He has him ranked 16th, Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. 6'4", 205T Higgins uh, is the comp there. So all three of those guys, big physical, faster receivers, uh, that can cause problems for opposing defenses. Do you take one of those guys at 25? Do you roll the dice that they're going to get to 41? Do you take a different position at 25 and then move back up to the end of one to get one of them? To me, I'm very uh, conflicted as to what to do here. Because if it's best available, the best available may be a wide receiver in the draft. Again, we have a long way to go. We're just getting to the combine. Pro days in March. The draft doesn't come to the end of April. Long ways to go as far as how the boards are going to change and you know move around after we get numbers and so forth involved here on 40-yard dash times and hand sizes and all this other nonsense they do. But if the best available is a wide receiver, what then? You know, If Coleman from Florida State is looking at you, you're going to say, no, I'm good. I'm going to draft a corner. No, I'm good. I'm going to draft an offensive lineman. No, I'm good. I'm going to get an edge rusher. Because at some point, if you look at this and you go, and I I believe it was Jacob Morley who brought this up, uh, which is, I believe he called it the Heath Melton line um, that him and Ross Uglum came up with. Meaning, if you're going to add a wide receiver, they better be better than the two at the bottom of the totem pole. Now, the guys we just talked about, I believe, will all be better than Heath or uh, Bo Melton at this point. So... If you do that, though, and you take that wide receiver at 25 in the first, now you start looking at the wide receivers. You know, if Watson is healthy, you have Watson and, say, Coleman or Watson and Brian Thomas Jr. to go along with Dobbs and Wicks and these guys. That is unbelievable. You want to talk about just absolutely giving Jordan Love all kinds of weapons that would obviously do it. I just don't think they can do it. I don't. I know he says, hey... You know, got to upgrade that room. I think it's all lip service and talk, to be honest with you. I do. I think if Coleman and Thomas are both there, I don't think he's taking either one. He's going to take a position of some need going forward here. He just is. Whether that's defensive lineman, whether that's edge rusher, whether that's linebacker, safety, corner, offensive line. I mean, that's six positions where you could argue they have some type of need That makes a lot of sense here, more so than wide receiver, running back, quarterback, or tight end. So to take a wide receiver that is probably last on that list of need at that pick, man, Jordan Love would be ecstatic. 
I'd be ecstatic. I mean, from a fantasy football perspective, how would everybody not be ecstatic? You want to talk about this team having an unbelievable offense? I already think they're going to be a you know top three, top five offense next year. You give them another stud at wide receiver to, for Matt Lafleur to draw plays for and so forth. My goodness gracious. I mean, that's crazy. Then, you know, it still matters what Jeff Halfley and the defense does, obviously. But now you're just talking about, I don't really care. We're just going to outscore people as it is. And they very well may already. I just, I have my doubts that they would actually do it. I I really do. Again, you could still fill your needs second and third round. So you take a wide receiver there, then you come back at, say, 41. There's still going to be a good cornerback on the board. I get it, but guarantee you, when you get to 41, there's going to be a good corner that you can take there. There might be one of the top safeties might still be there. Newbin from Minnesota or Kinchins from Miami. You still might have uh, uh, one of the two better safeties, or two or three better safeties. Kid from Georgia is pretty good too. Sitting there at 41 where you could take a safety if that's what you want to do. And then you slide down towards the bottom of the second round, and more than likely you can get your running back there if that's what you want to do. And then you come back in the third round, and again, now you start talking about, okay, now what's left? What do we like then? Might still be corners there. Might be a linebacker to put in the middle of that defense. Might be a big old uh, defensive lineman that can help stop the run that you might be able to add to this thing. Who knows? There's just a lot. You know, having done as many mock drafts as, I, as I've done here, you just start to see the there's quite a bit of stuff. There really is. And from that perspective with five picks, if they don't trade them, Right? They don't trade them. They sit where they are and they take the five guys where they are. They're going to have a hell of a draft class by the time day three even starts in round four. Like, even if they don't, even if they bomb on every pick on day three, they should be looking at the first two days of draft going, we're good. We got five guys and we're feeling really good about where we are right now. That should be the feeling going into day three uh, of that draft. All right, take a quick time out. Come back. I want to talk about this NFLPA survey thing that they did. Uh, and some of the the things that have come out on it, uh, namely one involving Matt Lafleur, I'm interested about that because um, I'm surprised by how low he was. Uh, we'll talk about that next here on Curtin Long. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Curd and Long, baby. Curd and Long uh, here. Uh, and we're talking more uh, about uh, this this player uh, survey that they do every year. They do the survey. Uh, and I saw a, a tweet from J.J. Watt talking about uh, when they have to do votes and stuff, 
uh, for, you know, MVP or Offensive Player of the Year, whatever they get asked to vote on, then half the time they just pass it along. Like, who cares? They give somebody else to fill out. It doesn't really matter. Well, this one from the NFLPA that they do is a bigger deal. Uh, And JJ said on Twitter that this one here uh, is one that he used to take time to fill out and give us feedback on. So it could be, you know, the facilities, uh, working conditions, whatever. So the latest one just came out. uh, And the NFLPA player survey and working conditions is out. Albert Breer says the top five teams that guys uh, think have the best working conditions. Dolphins, number one. Vikings, number two. Packers, three. Eagles, four. Jaguars, five. The bottom five. Steelers, Patriots, Chargers, Chiefs, Commanders. Uh, Commanders dead last. Can't say I'm all that surprised. That's been a thing since Daniel Snyder has been there. And I can all but guarantee you, uh, knowing Josh Harris, there is no chance they will be last next year. He will get this fixed. But promise you that will happen. Uh, NFLPA President J.C. Treader, former Packer center, said Miami, Minnesota graded in a league of their own when it comes to you know how they treat their players and, and so forth. Now, the one thing that stood out to me, Andy Herman tweeted it out, and I was shocked by this. The players feel that Matt LaFleur is moderately willing to listen to the locker room, ranking him 26th overall. What? Really? Again, and this this here tells you how much we don't know. How much we don't know. You just don't know. Now, if... If Aaron Rodgers was involved in this vote and some of those old guys, I'd say, ah, I can't say I'm all that surprised. But that locker room takes that vote and he's kind of willing to listen to the locker room. The only way I can justify that in my brain, as far as he's 26, if you would have asked me before this, how high do you think he's going to be, Spark? I would have said top 10. Like, I think that locker room loves him. Dead wrong. Obviously, they don't apparently love him all that much. But for me, if I were guessing how he got screwed on this voting, that's the defensive side of the locker room. That's to me, that's where it all that's where it all comes to all. That's where this all is. Because my guess, and I have no inside knowledge, I'm just telling you what I think might have occurred. Those guys didn't want Joe Barry back, probably. A bunch of them probably didn't want Joe Barry back, and Matt LaFleur didn't listen to him. Those guys wanted changes with in the defense and how they played, and Matt LaFleur didn't listen to him. I said, Dad, you go talk to Joe. You know, well, I trust Joe. Joe's going to do what's right for the organization uh, and for the defense. You, you go talk to Joe. If I was guessing why that number was so low and why he ranked so low, it's because those guys on that side of the ball were pissed off that they got stuck in that defense for the last couple of years when clearly they knew and they thought Matt should have known that that dude should have been replaced and wasn't. Again, that's my guess. That's my thought on why this didn't work out. I'm going to have a hard time buying that Jordan Love was anti-LaFleur when they graded this thing out. I'd have a hard time buying that the wide receivers, these young guys, are anti-LaFleur when they graded this thing out. I have a hard time buying that Aaron Jones would be anti-LaFleur or the offensive line. I, maybe, okay, let me rebut that. Maybe the offensive line, maybe they were had a little problem, right? Maybe the guys that he was playing roulette with uh, at the, the guard position, 
uh, and the tackle position, maybe there was some of that. Right, where he was having issues with Rasheed Walker, so we start rotating left tackle. And we're rotating right guard. And that whole thing. Oh, you play a series, I'm going to bring this guy, and he's going to play a series. Oh, you play a series, and this guy's going to play a series. And maybe these dudes are like, dude, you are killing us. Like, we hate this. Make up your mind who you want to play, let us play. So maybe there was some of that. Maybe those dudes didn't like how that was being managed. Uh, and beef to LaFleur, and LaFleur didn't want to hear about it and was going to do it his way. So maybe there was something there, maybe with the offensive line. Um, but... I just am amazed that it's that bad. I really am. I legitimately really thought LaFleur would have been a top 10 guy uh, as far as how much that locker room loves him. And I was dead wrong. Won't be the last time either that I'll be dead wrong on something. Uh, But really, really surprised by how poorly uh, he graded within that. Uh, Okay, that'll do it for another edition of Curd and Long. Uh, If uh, you have not heard... Uh, about the announcement that's coming on Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this. Big announcement concerning 1250 uh, AM. The fan, if you have not heard, uh, you know, on Thursday morning, it'll be out on the 1250 AM fan Twitter account and on the Facebook page. Um, If you want to check both of those, I'm sure I'll probably be involved in retweeting it as well or quote tweeting it or whatever the case may be. Um, So hopefully uh, that'll put a smile on some faces too. And uh, that'll do it for another edition of Curtin Long. Enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles.